Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by ListenNotes.com, so you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. We've all seen the news recently with the government trying to figure out how to help with struggling college graduates to pay their student loans. Part of the issue has been the ease with which students can obtain loans and sometimes totaling tens of thousands of dollars or more. I know. The belief is they will be able to find a great job with a degree and and pay it off quickly. But in many cases, that's just not the case. Loans need to be repaid, no doubt about it. And if not, your credit rating will suffer. And that just adds to the burden graduates face as they're trying to establish their lives after college. Adding to the burdens and brew are predatory lenders, universities that really don't care with their students and their ability to repay student loans. And moreover, politicians who continually make promises to relieve the burden of educational indebtedness just to get elected and then forget all about it. They haven't done it. Single parents are especially vulnerable, whether their circumstances result from divided families, death, a growing hope for the future, or lack of a clear plan. The burden is a barometer and usually a sign of serious storms that lie ahead. Yet, there are things that single parents can do. And that's where our guest today comes in. Praise God. Dr. Janota Graham is a professor with the University System of Georgia, teaching leadership, organizational behavior, HR management, and other business courses. But life wasn't always sunshine and roses for her either. She struggled as a single parent who made the decision to improve her life by attending college. As most students will, she took out student loans to do that. And I'll let her tell the rest of the story. But after what she experienced, she decided to help others out so they wouldn't have to struggle as much as she did. Amen. She founded the Educational Debt Cancellation Fund, which is an IRS-approved 501c3 form specifically to reduce the accumulated student loan debt of over $1.3 trillion. That's T, trillion dollars. It is a vision of Dr. Graham to heighten awareness of student loan debt and eliminate economic disaster in all communities by breaking the bondage of educational debt. The mission of the EDCF has started by helping single mothers who are struggling to repay their debt while providing for their children. Dr. Graham is also an active community leader, speaking domestically and internationally on a variety of topics for academic conferences, business conferences, financial workshops, Christian radio, podcasts, praise God. She's also the author of a great book, Cyanidation, The Refinement of My Life. It's her memoir, and it's available on Amazon, praise God. To give us more information on all of this, help me welcome to the program, Dr. Janota Graham. Dr. Graham, it is a blessing to have you join us today, and I do appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very honored. Amen. Now, the first question I always start with is this. 
Other than that brief information I just shared, can you tell us in your own words, who is Janona Graham? Um, Dr. Janona Graham is your average single mother um, person from the Midwest moved to the South. Um, I come from a very um, hardship background, so but I've overcome that and I've just dedicated my life um, through God and his vision that he has for me to help people in financial transformation and to just reduce debt. Um, unlike other financial um, professionals, I don't focus on um, income growth. Um, I focus on reducing the debt and the cost so that you have extra income to uh, pay off debt and do and grow it as you see it. Amen. Well, let's go back to the beginning. Okay. You're a single mom trying to make it in the world. But one morning in the winter, you made a decision of no more frozen tears. Can you explain that situation for us? I did. So almost 30 years ago, my son will be 29 this month. Um, I was basically, I was going to school full time and I was working. And the single mother program um, called the Vivian Smith House um, was graciously able to provide transportation for me from um, the daycare home but only in the afternoons. So in the morning, I had to walk four country blocks, catch two buses, and then walk even further just to get to the daycare. And by the time, you know, it was winter, my son was like five or four or five months old, and it was just, Mm. it was brutal. And so I knew that I couldn't continue that. Um, So in my, you know, journey um, to get him to the daycare so that I could then go to school, um, the winter was just too much. And I just decided, okay, I need to get a better education to make things better for my son, because it's not fair for him to have to go through such hardships. And personally, I knew those hardships. So for me to repeat the cycle mm-hmm. was just crazy to me. So I knew I had to get an education in order to break the cycle. Amen. Amen. And you said, if I remember reading this correctly, that the tears were actually frozen on his face. Yes. Um, the picture of my son when he was um, at that age is actually on my website. And mm. he has the biggest, brightest eyes and he was crying just mm. profusely. And his face was just so red and his tears actually froze to his face. And so what I had to do when I went into the store was I had to get him warmed up and I actually had to peel the tears off of his face. Um, oh, goodness. That has to break a mother's heart. Yes, it was. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So what made you decide to start this nonprofit and try to tackle a $1.5 trillion debt? Um, when I first moved to Georgia about 11, 12 years ago, um, I noticed that I was not the only one having problems repaying student loan debt. Um, I was not by any means, you know, rich or anything, but I was making enough money to be able to have a standard of living, but I couldn't afford repaying my student loans and have a a decent um, standard of living. And it all started back in 2010. So at the time that I got um, my first PhD, um, in 2008. And I, it was time for me to start repaying my student loans because I kind of went straight through um, getting the bachelor's, the master's, and then the first PhD. Um, when those student loans came calling, um, I was paying um, about $900 a month mm. in 
student loan repayment, which was fine. I was making enough to, I wouldn't say comfortably meet the standard, but I was able to repay it and still do all the things that I needed to do for my son. Back in 2010, when they restructured the student loan repayment, my student loans went from 900 and something dollars a month to over 3000 which Ouch. was impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was impossible. And so um, I moved to Georgia in the uh, winter, um, Thanksgiving of 2011. And that when I started networking and talking with more people and getting into the education system, I realized I wasn't the only one um, with that issue. And so that's when I started the foundation to um, to tackle it because people needed to understand the impact because just because you're making you know, a decent amount of living for to somebody else to be comfortable doesn't necessarily mean that you have enough to repay the student loans, especially if it's, I mean, 3000 a month is just, it's just crazy. Yeah. Most, some people don't even make that much money. Yeah. And that unfortunately, is, that is unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So how do you go about raising funds for this project? Um, so I do public speaking. So I have workshops that I conduct um, several times of, of the year. Um, COVID kind of put a, a damper on that, but hopefully we'll be ramping that back up. Um, so um, the admission price um, to those events, um, you get a gift bag, you get to, it's a basically one-on-one time um, with me or with a small group. And so I take those funds and I put them in a bank account. And then I have a scholarship set up where the student mothers is right now is who I'm able to help. They submit a 500 word essay um, to the email address. And then me and my um, board members, we review it and we select uh, one. Well, depending on how much funds there is, um, each person gets up to $500 um, in student loan repayment. And we don't donate that directly to the person. We actually have the person fill out where they have their student loan with, and we pay that money directly to the um, institution that has the student loan. Amen. Amen. Uh, how has your organization helped struggling students so far? I mean, how, when did this start? And, and you know, the re, you just mentioned the grants and all that, and how has it progressed over the years? Um, it's progressed by reaching more and more people. Um, I started doing classes with my church, Heaven's Harvest Ministries, um, under the um, instruction of Overseer Thomas A. Pulliam Sr. So I started doing it with my church, and then I started reaching out in the community, and I've done it all over um, the, the state of Georgia, just hosting these workshops. And I've been, each of my workshops probably have anywhere from uh, five to 25 people have been the largest. And the feedback that I get is the information um, that I'm able to share with them about when to take out a loan, how to take out a loan, how to return the loan if they give you too much. Because a Mm -hmm. lot of um, times people get excited and they get this big refund and it's not really a refund. You still owe that money. Um, So don't take it out if you don't need it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Let's put it like that. (laughs) When I was in college. It's like, oh, <laughs> I don't have to pay this back for 10 years, but it still looms out there. Yes. And also being realistic. Um, the One of the things I teach is counting up the cost. So be realistic about the money that you're going to make once you graduate, because you can't get a big ticket item 
in the education realm as, as a degree, and then you're only making twenty five thousand dollars coming out of it. So you really have to be realistic before going in to understand what you need to do. Amen. So what's one of the most important counseling pieces of advice that you could give prospective students even before they start college? Um, the the <clears throat> best advice that I could give is to pre-plan. So know what college you want to go to and why you want to go to college, because college is not for everybody. There's trade schools, mm. there's entrepreneurships, there's other routes. Um, so know what you want out of life and understand what that means to get it. And don't compare yourself to other people. And, and once you you know make your plan on what you want out of life, find the most cost-effective ways to do it. Sometimes you don't have to go to a big university and spend you know hundreds and thousands of dollars. Maybe you can get what you need from like a trade school or a community college. It's it's very very open because it's not necessarily yeah. where you go to school. It's how you use the information. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, after graduation. How long does your average client wait before they seek out your services? I mean, are they already starting to fall behind on their student loan payments? Yes. Uh, most 90% of my clients are reactive. It's when they've gotten to a place where they just can't do it anymore. And they are to the point of, you know, it's aspiration. So it's crisis management is most of my clients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. And, and, and well, let me ask you this. Do you believe that the colleges, the higher institutions, learn college universities, whatever, have a responsibility in this mess? I mean, they're the ones who are charging, you know, these outrageous tuition fees and stuff for students to go to college in the first place. Right. I do. And one thing that I'm not seeing in the last 15 years that I saw when I was in in school and, and starting to go to school, the counselors are not as proactive about helping students understand the the student loan process and the, the getting of the job in the job market. Um, they used to have relationships called feeder schools where different schools had um, a job pool and company pool where they fed their students directly into those schools. And you really didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, now it's so competitive because there are so many students in schools um, that even the internships are competitive and you really have to be looking yeah. if you want an internship two to three years in advance. Wow. Um, but absolutely, the universities do have a responsibility because they are they need to vet the student and make sure that they can afford the school that they're going to. Um, and then there's a lot of the, are they a dependent? Are they not a dependent? Um, there's a lot of, you know, inner family business, bad business in the family where the parents are taking on the dependent, you know, the, the student going to school as a dependent on their taxes, but then expecting the student to be independent when it comes to school. So there, there's a lot of that internal battle with the families that I'm seeing as well. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Amen. Well, should the government or the colleges make it harder for students to obtain this amount of student loans? Um, it's not about making it harder. It's about making education affordable. Um, because it it's seen, and I'm not a political person by any means, you know, 
Um, it just seems like the U.S. offers money to other countries to do business in the U.S. and to come into the U.S. to do business. And the U.S. residents don't get those same graces um, and that yeah. same, you know, free money. So um, it's if they made education more affordable and then made the goals more realistic, um, then the combination of those two people would make better decisions. True. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. That's good. Uh, I read that you want your students to persevere through these issues. How do you encourage them to do that? Uh, by being realistic on where they are. So if you're making, let's say you're because your average citizen is making, you know, like maybe $70,000 a year post-college 15, 20 years later. Right. So you need to live within those means. So you have the student loan debt. You need to pay it back. So if you need to not have the big house, if you need to not live in the best neighborhood in order to downgrade yourself at a livable, you know, place where you can afford it so that you can repay your student loan. And that would, that's what you have to do. Um, I also tell people just because you live cheaply doesn't mean dangerous. Um, there is a mindset that just because the rent is cheap or just because the mortgage is cheap, you're in a bad area. That's not necessarily true. That's true. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now you already talked about, you know, raising funds for your project from a variety of places, but give us a few ideas on how someone listening to us right now can help and become involved and in, in bringing help to someone in need like we're talking about. Um, they can either donate to EDCF by going to my Dr. GMP website and going to the tab for EDCF and signing up to make a one-time donation or a um, monthly donation. Um, they can also get involved. So anytime that I have a workshop or even a Zoom um, presentation, they're welcome to join me and be a joint speaker. Um, I have a publicist that takes care of all of those arrangements for me. Um, so that could be a joint effort. Um, if I'm going out, um, anybody's welcome to join me that that, that can contribute. Um, I, I welcome the help. <laughs> Hey man, I bet you do. <laughs> you you only got you know like a hundred million people that need your services. So <laughs> I mean, you can do one at a time, but that'd be a little rough. But <laughs> anyway. now you also have an organization called U Utilitarian Financial Consulting. Share with us some of the work that this organization does. So this organization is an organization of me. Um, that is where I put my doctoral and my um, accounting and finance background to work. Um, that's where I'm actually doing the financial transformation, where I'm actually diving into individual budgets. I'm helping okay. small businesses. And most of my um, international work is through um, the corporate side as well, um, where I actually go in and I'm looking at what they're doing and I help them transform financially. Um, their finance and their operations, depending on what they have going on. And that's my where I build those hours through for my clients. Amen. Amen. What kind of success stories are you receiving from either one of these organizations? But, you know, I know mainly we're talking about student loans today. Um, well, for EDCF, I've been able to help um, over 
for for the number of years that I've been doing this, I've helped thousands of people um, either individually or through my workshops or through churches, um, through um, utilitarian financial consulting. Um, 20 years, you know, into the game, I started that um, facility roughly 10 years ago. So I've saved corporate organizations, multinational organizations, upwards $5 million. Um, on average, I've done a, a couple projects on that. Um, depending on the individual, I can save you hundreds or I can save you thousands. It just depends what your goal is. Um, for small businesses, it's more of the upfront costs. Um, I help them put a plan together where they are making the most out of their bootstrap budget. Um, so they're, they're not just throwing money at the business and they're actually making strategic purchases and strategic moves that are going to set them up for success. Dr. Graham, this has been so interesting. As I said in the beginning, it's so needful in this day and time as well. If someone wanted to get more information, ask a question, maybe do an interview like this, how can they do that? How can someone get in touch with you? Um, The easiest way is to go to my website at drgmp.com and there's a contact me button. Um, and you can send me an email or you can just give me a phone call directly at 678-502-6229. Man, amen. And you also do speaking at, you know, events and conferences, churches and all of that, correct? I do. I do. I actually have a Catalyst 23 conference coming up um, that um, if you sign up and become a part of my mailing list, you will see communications about that. Um, that's coming up in September. Amen. So if a church or something like that wanted to have you come in and speak, they can arrange that through your website or contact you through the website? Yes, they can. Yes, okay. absolutely. All right. And tell us about your book, Synodation, The Refinement of My Life. Why did you write this book and what are you hoping to accomplish through the book? Um, So God gave me the book and the title and wrote every word in it from beginning to end um, during COVID. Um, It goes over my first earliest memories to about age 35-ish as I have transitioned to Georgia. And I'm hoping to get communities to talk about what's going on using my life story as the soundboard um, to say, okay, learn from my mistakes, learn from, you know, my successes. I, I wanted this book to be a help um, because as we're coming out of COVID the office and back into, you know, families interacting, um, there's a lot of things that happen to me that people don't talk about that they can use my book to either be proactive or find solutions. Amen. 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 And it's available on Amazon, correct? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there is a printed version um, and then there's a, a download. Okay. And before we close, tell us about your other name here, Dr. GNP. What does that stand for? What does it mean? Dr. GNP stands for Dr. Graham and Purpose. And so when I was getting my second doctorate, that was the um, public speaking persona that God gave me. Um, because the, at the second half of my life, um, I'm dedicated to doing God's purpose for me. And so that's, that's what he gave me. <laughs> Amen. I was wondering that. Amen. Amen. So I'll put links, all this down the show notes below. Amen. 
Folks, as we said, student, don't, st student debt is a national problem. It's something that has no easy solutions. It's something that's going to plague individuals for decades to come. Something has to be done. Dr. Jana Graham, or Dr. GNP, is just taking the first steps to helping bring a solution to this crisis. You can help, as you heard her describe a moment ago. I urge you to drop down to the show notes, click the links right there, reach out to her, reach out, become involved. If you or someone you know, perhaps a son, daughter, grandchild, neighbor, coworker, etc., is struggling with student loan debt, reach out as well. See what services you can find that may help you help them. Amen. Get in touch with Dr. Graham. And be sure to click the link and purchase a copy of her book, Sinodation, The Refinement of My Life. Amen. This book, it's not just another memoir or overcomer story. This book describes the pivotal role of religion and relationships that, that they play in your life and through self-discovery, building your self-confidence, building trust. Understanding all of this is valuable to your future, and you need to order this book today. Dr. Graham, I do appreciate your time today and sharing all about this great work you're doing. Thank you for coming on the program. May God continue to bless you and open even more doors for you in the future. Thank you for having me. It has been truly an honor. Thank you Amen. so much. Amen. Folks, that's all the time we have for today. For Dr. Giona Graham and myself, this passed by reminding you to be blessed in all that you do. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Kingdom Crossroads podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.